I have, you know, thought about thought about it in the long run. Like, is this really what I'm going to be happy doing? But I've always circled back to the conclusion. I will never know if I don't try it and give my hundred percent. On today's edition of Broadcast Bulletin, if you follow the industry for any length of time, I'm sure you've heard stories of a mass exodus of people from TV news. Stories of stations struggling to hire MMJs and producers for a variety of different reasons. But on the flip side, the industry might not want to throw in the towel just yet, as there's still hopeful students interested in becoming among the next generation of journalists. That's a students like Mass and more any indication. She's a senior at Ohio University's renowned E.W. Scripps School of Journalism, where she'll be graduating in May with a bachelor's in journalism, news, and information. Madison is a regular anchor and MMJ for the campus newscast, Newswatch. Good evening, I'm Madison Moore. Welcome to Newswatch. Which airs on the PBS station serving Southeast Ohio. Also this past summer, she interned at WTVJ, the NBC O&O in Miami, Florida. I couldn't have asked for a more rewarding, challenging, and memorable past two and a half months. She's going in with her eyes wide open. You have to be positive. You have to be like, yes, I'm going to wake up at 5 a.m. and it's going to be a great day. Hopeful to create a lasting legacy in an industry that she's so passionate about and still thinks has a place in this day and age. So why is a 22-year-old Gen Z exactly interested in working in local TV news? We're talking with her about how today's journalism students perceive the industry, just as Madison gets ready to start her journalism journey. I'm Jim Stanton, your host for Broadcast Bulletin, and welcome in for episode 12, a journalism student's take on local TV news, part one. Good morning to you, Madison. We're honored to have you on the show. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm so good. Thank you so much for having me. That was a, an amazing intro. <laughs> Thank you. Spent spent like five minutes on it. <laughs> All right. So let's dive right into it because we want to respect your time. So give me your story. Where did you grow up? And you had dreams of becoming an actress. You moved back home to finish high school. You had an interesting childhood. So just dive right into it. Tell me about it. <laughs> Absolutely. So I grew up in Charleston, West Virginia. I'm a middle child of three girls which is super awesome. They're they're my best friends. So it was really nice growing up with them and kind of doing life with them. So um, my parents, my biggest blessings in life, they are the most supportive, down to earth people. Um, I get all my strength and motivation from them. And um, just throughout my whole life, they've supported me in everything. And I really just can't thank them enough for, you know, putting me in this position because without them, I would not be here today. Um, so yeah, they they have a huge part in my upbringing and um, <laughs> everything to do with my childhood, so to say. Um, but yeah, fast forwarding, fast forwarding to um, my acting days, I was around, I think 11 when I started getting into the modeling and acting business. Um, I moved out to Los Angeles, Los Angeles with my mom and my sister. Um, around that time. And, um, I started auditioning for, you know, commercials and more low scale, you know, things like that. And I ended up signing with a commercial agent and I booked um, my first national commercial called Lala Loopsie Dolls. I'm not, I'm not sure if you've ever heard of that before, but it was a big, it was a big doll back in the day. I, I was really, really ecstatic when I, when I booked it. Um, 
so yeah, that was super cool. That definitely got my start into the industry. And um, also during that time, I, I booked a pilot for Nickelodeon. It didn't end up getting picked up. It was a it was a horseback riding show. I was the I was the lead in it. So that was a super cool experience, just filming that and um, memorizing lines. So yeah, just from a young age, I definitely had a lot of responsibility under my belt, if that makes sense. Um, I had a lot of um, kind of just weight on my shoulders with, I don't know, like starring, starring in a pilot. Like that was kind of a lot at such a young age. So that definitely was an awesome, awesome experience. So that definitely started my whole love for the acting industry. And so fast forward a few years, um, I enrolled in a private Catholic high school. So super small, 40 kids in my graduating class. So it was definitely um, a good and a bad thing. <laughs> we were very tight knit, but you know, everyone kind of knew, kind of knew each other and what we were doing. And um around that time, me and my sister started a YouTube channel called More Reality. And um, it was primarily based on entertainment news and hosting. We interviewed so many celebrities um, out in California when I lived there my sophomore year. So yeah, so transferring back to that, me and my mom moved out to LA when I was um, a sophomore in high school. I completely went online for high school for a whole year, had a tutor, had, it was just so crazy looking back. I just like really can't believe that I, <laughs> that, that I just did that with my mom. Like I, it's, it's so crazy to me to this day. But um, during that whole year, I really honed in on um, that YouTube channel um, on top of, you know, going to acting classes, auditioning for major networks such as Disney and Nickelodeon and um, Fox. Like I was just from a young age, I was just introduced to this whole new mature world. Like everyone I was around was so um, beyond their years. Like I feel like I was only, you know, 15, 16 at the time, but I felt like I was so much older just because I was immersed into this, you know, LA culture, so to say. And so during time, um, me and my sister got a publicist, basically just for us to be able to get on the red carpet for, you know, low scale movie premieres, um, different events that a lot of these Disney stars go to. And my love for like the whole interviewing process kind of came from um, came from that. So we'd get on the red carpet interview. Like I've, I, I've interviewed Victoria Justice, um, a bunch of characters from Gossip Girl, um, just a lot of, you know, well-known actors, Disney actors at the time. That was definitely kind of the start of my love for for interviewing for people. I was I became very curious, which I thought was um, really interesting. I kind of grew into myself at that time. So yeah, so transferring um, back to high school. So I ended up leaving California to start back in high school um, my junior year. So when I got back, um, you know, I had to start thinking about, you know, college. What was the next step? Because I always knew I wanted to go to college. I just wanted to see if I can make it in acting, but it never worked out. 
I'm never going to give up on it. I think maybe down the line, if the opportunity ever presents itself, I would completely, completely maybe take it. I don't think it's ever out of the question. But overall, I think my my upbringing in my childhood really just like made me who I am today. I think I could get a lot of my um, attributes and quality and qualities and skills and motivation. All that is just from, you know, like I said, just like my upbringing and my childhood. I think I am who I am today through all of that. So at what moment exactly did you decide to pursue broadcast journalism as a career? Right. So as I said, when I got back to high school, it was about my junior, it was my junior year. Yeah. So obviously at that point, you're kind of thinking, you know, what do I want to study in college? Where do I want to go? Do I want to stay close to home? Do I want to leave? So I kind of already had that travel history, so to say. So I wasn't opposed to, you know, staying close to home or, or, um, you know, traveling far either. So when I was thinking about, you know, like, what, what do I want to do? What do I love? I thought to myself, okay, I love people. I love interviewing. I love, you know, being in front of the camera. I love, I'm very creative person. I'm very creative person. So I was like, you know what, maybe I try this whole broadcast journalism thing. So from that point on, I started looking at you know, multiple colleges around the country, especially with ones that had new stations on campus. Those were mainly um, the ones I was looking for. So I applied to um, Mizzou, Ohio University, Syracuse, um, West Virginia University, a bunch of others. Um, And ultimately I chose Ohio University because it it was a little closer to home. Um, It's one of the top journalism schools in the country. And it was only an hour and a half from my house. So I was like, honestly, that's kind of a, a no-brainer. So yeah, that's that's kind of the point where um, I wanted to go that direction. Were you considering pursuing anything else before broadcast news? Honestly, no. And and people have asked me that before. They're like, have you, how have you always known like you wanted to do this or pursue this career? And I And I say, I don't know. I've just always, this has always just been my dream. Any major differences between acting and journalism? Oh, absolutely. So acting, on one hand, you have a ton of scripts, a ton of memorization to do. And journalism, on the other hand, you know, you're the one finding the story. You're the one, um, you're the creative mind behind the process. So it's very different in in my opinion. Um, A little bit of my acting background has helped me with my journalism um, skills now, definitely just from like improv classes, how to, you know, create that comfortable conversation with someone, how to structure a good interview, make them feel comfortable. So I've definitely used those skills I've learned, um, you know, just in my stories now, in my interview processes, even even when... um, I'm anchoring sometimes like the teleprompter will go down and I'll be like, Oh, you know, you just got to improv it. You got to act like it's nice. So, so yeah, in my opinion, both are, both are very different. (laughs) 
Okay, so we have some college students who are probably going to be listening to this, obviously. Talk about some of the activities or programs that your school offers that have helped prepare you for a career in TV. And I know you mentioned that your school has a newscast. That's why you're going there. So also kind of touch on that. Uh, And was the process for getting in that pretty competitive? Yes, absolutely. So um, I applied to Ohio University because they had a news station on campus called WOUB Public Media. And I have just heard, like when I was applying, I heard I was doing so much research on, you know, how many how many people graduated from OU, like all the Ohio University alumni and just see where they're at and um, in their career. And there are so many alumni and I was like, the successful alumni. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I, I want to be that. I want to, I want to go here. So when applying yeah, it's a pretty, it's a pretty um, big process. You know, you got to go through um, a pretty big application. So when I did get in, I was super excited because it is a pretty prestigious school. And um, once I got on campus my freshman year, um, what's really nice about WUB is that you can start right away. Like you can start volunteering right away. There's no specific time where I had to wait to get involved, which I really loved. So when I started my freshman year, you know, I immediately wanted to, you know, go to all the meetings, go to um, everything I could to, you know, get the most experience, so to say. So I um, connected with a lot of people, a lot of upperclassmen, um, a lot of Um, just kids my age in general. So we all were kind of like a little team. Like we all really helped each other. We started, um, you know, writing for the newscast. We started helping people out with their cameras, going out with them on shoots. So we definitely got um, in the groove pretty quickly, which was nice. But then unfortunately, COVID happened um, my second semester of my freshman year. So that definitely took a toll, you know, on the learning process for me personally. But um, but yeah, the station is all volunteer based. There are multiple professionals, you know, that run the station, you know, run. There's a news director, um, digital editor, you know, all that, all that fun stuff. But um what was also really nice is when I got there, you know, I was also learning from them personally, not just the people that were volunteering there. Um, for example, the upperclassmen. So that was super cool and um, and great. I feel like I was just like immersed immediately into a newsroom, which was awesome. So you mentioned all volunteers. So you weren't paid. For, you're not paid for working on that. It sounds like. No, I was not, I was not paid and I'm currently not paid, but it doesn't really matter to me because I think it's pretty priceless. The expense I'm getting, um, I made a huge demo reel my junior year, just from, you know, all my footage I got over the summer. Cause I also interned there my summer going into my junior year at WUB. So yeah, I think it's just the experience is priceless. I I don't even I don't even care. I'm not getting paid because without them, I would not be where I am today. And I have a I have a pretty big resume just from just from WUB itself. So that's why I'm just forever grateful. 
And you're doing this all by yourself, right? Like you're shooting it. You don't work with a cameraman. No, it's all by myself. And from the get-go, as I said, freshman year, you know, they said, know everything, try everything, try producing, try anchoring, try reporting, you know, learn how to edit, learn how to um, transfer video, learn, learn everything, every skill. It's just so important because nowadays, you know, there are a lot of people, you know, that want to be reporters, want to, want to be in this industry. But at the end of the day, the people that, you know, know how to do, you know, everything and most of the skills, it definitely gives them a leg up um, in a sense of kind of choosing where they want to be and what kind of market they, they want to go into. So you, so you know how to do it all. You know how to MMJ, you know how to produce. So you'll be pretty much an asset wherever you go. Cause that's pretty much the case. Of a lot of these smaller market stations is like, let's Absolutely. say you're the, you're the weekend anchor, but your station company, for whatever reason, maybe it's not in the budget for them to have a producer. So you also have to produce it. So you already have a leg right. up over some of these other people. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, um, I've worked for it also. Like I've definitely put my time in to, you know, learning these skills. Um, my first internship with WUB Public Media, I was actually the AP all summer. So I learned how to produce. I learned how to, you know, export video, you know, all that, all that fun, fun stuff. And then um, the biggest takeaway actually was learning the software system, ENPS. Um, a lot of stations across the country use that. So I think yep. that's a huge... I think that's a huge leg up um, for me. And I'm, I'm very comfortable with it. I, I know it in and out. So, you know, say I do get a job in a few months and the software is ENPS, like I'll, you know, like I'll know it easily. So that's definitely a great plus to working at a station while in school because you're just immersed in to, you know, real life things. So do you think the school that someone attends really matters? I mean, I've heard of people going into smaller schools, maybe ones I've never heard of before, or sometimes they don't even get a degree. They just go straight into the business from high school and they all end up making great careers for themselves. Why should someone consider going the route you went and going to a well-known and established journalism school as opposed to not, not going that route? Yeah, that's actually a great question. I definitely would describe my route as very traditional. You know, I majored in broadcast journalism, got all, you know, got a lot of experience through my school. I don't, I don't really think it matters too much. I think you, if you have a drive for the industry and you want to be successful in it, you'll find a way, like you'll find a way. So I just went, you know, super traditional route and I think it's paid off pretty well for, for me so far. Do you think hiring managers, when they get that resume, do you even think they're looking at the score? They're are they're more focused on the candidate and and their I work. Mean, yeah, absolutely. I think both. I think certain schools like Ohio University, EW Scripps School of Journalism, when that is put on a resume, that definitely speaks volumes. Just because the school has such a just such a exquisite reputation for broadcast journalism and journal journalism as a whole. So yeah, I do believe when people look at my resume, I do think they, I think that my school definitely stands out, but um, there's obviously amazing other journalism schools across the country. So yeah, I do think that's a, a pretty big 
eye catcher if you do go to a, you know, a more well-known journalism school. So let's talk about your internship with NBC6 in South Florida. So describe what your internship was like and the day-to-day of it. I mean, there's a stereotype attached to interns a lot of the time that maybe you're just getting coffee for the anchors and grabbing scripts. But I mean, you were talking to me about this internship. It didn't sound like that was the case, right? Just talk about talk about your day-to-day. What was that like? Yeah. So from starting from day one, I got my own camera. I got my own laptop. And funny story, my supervisor was like, okay, go out and shoot you know, some random footage. I just kind of want to see your camera skills, whatnot. And so I remember getting in my car and I was like, I'm so much better than this. Like, I don't need to go, I don't need to go film like random, random buildings or whatnot. And so I thought to myself, you know, what, what's going on? What's, what's coming up? Like anything newsworthy. And I thought to myself, oh, um, it's black business month here. Um, I think it was, yeah, it was just across the United States, I think. And so I searched up black owned restaurants nearby. And so I ended up finding this really cool fried chicken place. And I showed up, walked in, went up to the counter and I said, hi, I'm an intern for NBC six and um, it's black restaurant month. And I'm super um, interested in filming your restaurant. And the owner was like, so ecstatic. It, it, it was more of a, um, a low key restaurant. So he was super willing to, you know, work with me. And so I ended up, um, making a whole package out of it a whole news package. And so I came back to the station, K- keep in mind, this is my, um, my second day. This is my first day meeting my supervisor. So basically I call it my first day. And, um, he was like, Oh, like show me all your footage. Blah, blah, blah. And I said, actually, like I have something a little better. Um, I kind of created this whole, this whole new story and he was just so blown away. And I was like, yeah, like I I came here to work. Like I'm, I'm, I'm taking this whole summer very seriously. And he, and from that day forward, he was just like, um, you're something else. Yeah. So from that point forward, it was kind of up to me. I made my own hours. I, you know, I got a list of reporters, numbers and names, and I kind of just went at it. Like every day I would try to go out with a different reporter, a different photographer. Um, sometimes I would have to drive myself. Um, sometimes I would um, be able to ride with a photog. It was kind of just whatever was comfortable for them because, you know, I wasn't a technically an employee. So it was a little touchy on the driving situation. But yeah, like every day was just a new adventure for me. I would go to um, like downtown Miami and cover, you know, a crime story, or I would go to um, way down South of Miami and cover a veterinarian mobile unit that was helping animals. Like I definitely just got a huge sense of the culture down there. Um, I, it was just like a whirlwind to be quite honest. Like I had the most amazing time every day. Like I remember waking up every day, just being like, so and, and blessed to just like be there in general. So like I said, in the beginning, I told myself, I'm going to make the most of it every day. I'm going to grind every day. I'm going to, um, get some sort of footage if I could. So, um, basically my day-to-day life was basically just like shadowing, shadowing reporters, doing standups, um, 
And then occasionally I would turn some reporters' packages for to my own package. So I would use their video, but I would write their story in my own way, if that makes sense. And so I did a lot of those and um, a lot of those will be on my my new demo reel applying for jobs in, um, in a few months. So, so yeah, overall, my day in, in the life was shadowing reporters, you know, going out in the field, anchor training with the anchors at NBC6, um, producing, um, you know, doing some dirty work, getting waters here and there for events and stuff. Um, but yeah, mostly it was just on my own time and what I wanted to get out of it from day one, they were like, you know, we're not going to hold your hand. This is not a hold your hand internship, Like you're going to spread your wings and fly. And I told myself, that's what I'm going to do. And I did. So it was, it was absolutely an, an amazing summer. I will never forget it. So how did you get that opportunity? Um, did you go out and apply for it yourself or did someone, did you have a friend there? Maybe you say, Hey, you should come check this place out. How, how did that come up? Actually? No, it was all by myself. I was on the NBC website and I was scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. And then all of a sudden I see, um, MMJ position, Miramar, Florida, um, NBC six South Florida. And I was like, Oh, okay. Like this could be cool. So I applied for that, um, submitted a cover letter, resume, demo reel, basic stuff. And then, um, I got another email saying I got approved for the second round of interviews, which was an automated interview. And I kid you not, I was so, I was so afraid because, um, you get one shot, you know, those automated ones, you get 10 questions, 30 seconds to read the prompt, think of an answer and speak like the camera just goes. So you just have to, you have, you have to be ready. And I remember at the end of it, I was like, oh gosh, like, I don't know how I did. I wasn't, I wasn't like too, too hard on myself, but I definitely was like, okay, that's the best I could do, you know? So later on, a few weeks later, I get a call from my um, HR person, Eileen, and she basically offered me the position and I was so ecstatic and shocked <laughs> that I got it. Um, I think I'm just super hard on myself. So I sometimes I don't really give myself that much credit for these types of things. So that was super awesome. So your voice is really good. It's resonant. You don't have any accent. So did you take any classes in school or during your acting years to help with voice and diction? Or are you just observing how others talk? Because I've noticed, I was watching some of your anchoring. It doesn't really sound like you have that news voice that so many people kind of are notorious for. Yeah. So that's actually a really good question. No, just to answer, I have never had coaching on my voice. I am from... West Virginia. So, you know, my parents both have like a little bit of accents and my sisters have a little bit of a little bit of an accent, but I have weirdly just never had one. Um, I've always been odd one out, I would say with that, but um, yeah, but yeah, it's definitely helped me, you know, in my career so far. So that's super cool. Um, but yeah, going back to the anchor voice, <laughs> like obviously you can practice that type of specific voice, but I'm always one to talk like I'm talking to my friend, talking to, you know, someone I know. And I think that's what really gravitates people towards you when you are an anchor. So yeah, like I'll definitely, you know, practice that anchor voice, but still 
you know, be me, show me through, um, show me through that. So to say, if that makes sense. All right. Yeah, it does. So have any of your professors ever talked about getting an agent? Do you plan on getting one? Um, not my professors specifically, but some of my mentors, when I was out in Miami doing my internship there, they mentioned an agent, but they kind of mentioned to get one, you know, later on in your career, when you, when you really need some help to find those specific jobs, but right out of the gate, I don't plan on getting one. I think I'm just going to fend for myself. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Here's a question you said you you really like. So was clothing, wardrobe, and overall on-air appearance, including hair and makeup, was that ever something that was touched on in your classes? What advice were you given? I know your wardrobe, that's something, or, or just your makeup, or how you look. So, you know, people are very critical. Some viewers, they might be compelled to send you an email saying, oh, your outfit looked terrible, which, you know, they shouldn't be doing that. But um you know, were you given any advice on kind of just building up a great wardrobe, maybe what kind of shirts or colors you should buy? Or is that something you kind of just came up with on your own? Yeah. So not specifically, no one really told me, you know, like wear this, wear that, wear this. I kind of um, looked myself. I, you know, I've obviously watched the news and I watch, um, I watched a lot of my upperclassmen when they anchored and I was like, oh, that looks really nice on them. Like maybe I'd wear that or um, in a different color, like colors that suit me. So no, not specifically, but that is a good question because I think that should be more addressed in classes and stuff. Because especially if you do want a career um, being in, being on air talent, I think that's something to definitely hit on. So and this kind of dovetails with the next part because I know you've mentioned that's kind of been a theme with you is being authentic and being yourself. So what will your approach to social media be? Do you plan on having like separate news accounts and keeping your personal life kind of just to yourself private? Or do you kind of plan on, you know, kind of putting yourself out there, kind of letting viewers kind of take a look at your life off the set? How do you plan on going about that? That's actually a really great question. I plan on keeping it on one specific channel or so to say yeah like instagram one instagram page one facebook page one twitter page one tiktok page i think what's really cool you know about being um like an on-air personality people like to relate to you people like to you know see your life and i think that's what makes you so relatable to viewers so so yeah i think i'm going to keep it on one and just show them my personal life also because why not? Because I also, um, you know, follow a lot of anchors and reporters and the ones I relate to most, they, you know, they show what they do during the day, what what coffee order they get. Like, I definitely want to be someone people and like younger girls can look up to. So, so yeah, I think one, one channel, one page, that's what I'm going for. Come watch me anchor a live newscast. I got to the newsroom at around five and then I talked to my producer, looked over my scripts, and then I headed over to the audio booth where I recorded headlines and then sent them to our editor. And then we got up to the studio where we highlighted and organized our scripts for the show just in case the prompter didn't work. And then here's the intro to our show. Good evening, I'm Madison Moore. And I'm Silver Barker. Welcome to News Watch, your source for news impacting Southeastern Ohio. 
I got home around 8 and then I made a lemon parmesan chicken salad with chicken, onion, avocado, cucumber, bell pepper, and then I poured some garlic impressions on the chicken. Bye, guys. So did you have any anchors or reporters you grew up watching either locally in Charleston or at the network level you've always admired or maybe helped influence your decision to pursue television? Absolutely. Actually, we have a family friend. She was an anchor for WSAZ Charleston. Her name's Amanda Barron, and I've lived to her for years. Oh my gosh, years, probably since I was 15 and I'm 22. So, so yeah, about seven years looking up to her. She's an anchor, amazing reporter. And growing up, I was like, oh my gosh, like I, I love her. Like I love everything about her. I want to be her essentially. So yeah, she was definitely a great role model for me. She's still, you know, I literally texted her yesterday about coming to her station next week just to say hi, just to, you know, just to meet some more people. Um, yeah, she has definitely um, mentored me a little bit. Um, so yeah, that's definitely someone I really look up to. All right. So we've talked about why you want to enter the industry. So do you have any reservations or apprehensions about entering the industry? Have you been made aware of the sacrifices you'll have to make, such as working odd hours, missing family or friends, special events, holidays? Um, has your family been pretty supportive? I mean, you mentioned they have, or, or maybe they're like, eh, maybe you should consider, you know, being something else, more normal hours. How, how's that been? Absolutely. I think I've come to the conclusion that, the first, you know, one to how many years before, you know, like I, I make that big break, you know, I'm going to have to grind. I'm going to have to put in the work, the extra hours, you know, wake up at 3am to report at 5am for a morning shift. So yeah, I definitely have some, some anxiety about that a little bit. So I'm, I'm here for the grind. I'm ready for the grind. I feel like my whole life I've been working towards things. Um, so yeah, this is really nothing new to me. I, I'm I'm expecting the I'm expecting the work and the hard work and the odd hours and you know missing Christmas or missing you know my sister's birthday or something. Like I've come to the conclusion that you know those sacrifices are worth um, are worth getting you know to where I, I want to be in the long run. So do you have any concerns about? The money, the pay, the salaries you might be making your first marker, the fact that you know you're going to live uh, wherever the best job avails itself in. Absolutely. I think, you know, it's always in the back of everyone's mind. You know, money puts food on the table, roof over your head. So absolutely. I'm, you know, a little nervous for that, you know, the first few years. But as I said, you know, it's not going to be a forever salary. You know, that small, that low salary is not going to be what I'm making in 10 years. I guarantee it. So I am just supporting myself. So I, I feel like I will be able to get through that. Um, even if it's super low pay, I, I'm, you know, I'm anticipating on it. So I'm, I'm not going in blind thinking, you know, I'm going to make, you know, a lot of money right out of the gate because that's just not the reality of it. So yes, I do have reservations, but then again, I can't really do much about it. I can try as hard as I can to, you know, start in a better place in a better market, but, but still I'm new. I'm, I'm so young. People aren't going to pay me that much right out of the gate and that's okay. So how do you feel about the options in front of you as you do look for your first job? Do you feel like you're potentially going to have more 
choices in terms of the, the first markets that you work in compared to maybe just five or 10 years ago? Because you you and I have been talking, you mentioned that uh, you've had some interest before from some stations. These aren't places in the middle of nowhere. It's definitely looking good right now. I don't really have too much anxiety about you know if I'm going to get a job. It's just a matter of, matter of is it the right fit? Is it, am I going to, you know, am I going to be swallowed into the station right away? Like, am I going to be trained right out of the gate? So those are definitely some of the questions I have for these news directors um, when I do interview with some soon. So, so yeah, it's looking good. I'm excited. I um, have a lot of, a lot of hope. So that's all I really can ask for. I'm curious what you've heard from your peers, recent graduates who've broken in, and even from some of your professors about the state of the industry right now. What is it that you're hearing? Do you feel like you're going into this business with the realistic idea of the state that it's in and the expectations that it's going to have of you? Yeah, for sure. I definitely feel like I have a, a realistic expectation going into the business right now. I am still in contact with multiple newish reporters that have started you know, in recent years and you know, they always tell me, you know, it's a grind. It's some days are better than others. Some, um, some days you get help, some days you're by yourself, you know, all that stuff. So I definitely know what I'm getting into. Um, the industry as a whole is just very, you know, like, as I said, cutthroat, you, you're a one man band most of the time, you know, if you are an MMJ. So, um, I think I just have realistic expectations going into it because I know, what to expect, to say the least. I think the main thing they've been telling me is, you know, be very smart about where you go in the beginning because that's going to set the tone for the rest of your, the rest of your career. How do you figure out where you should go? How do you know what you're going to get into? Isn't that kind of kind of difficult? Yeah, definitely. I definitely am curious to see, you know, where I do end up. I think I'm going to get a really good feel, you know, for the interview, for the place. Hopefully I can go and, you know, see the station and see the people, you know, before I accept the offer. So I think one thing about me, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm a good reader of people. I think once I know I'm comfortable and um, I feel, you know, I feel appreciated. I feel wanted. Like, I think that's going to be um, a great realization when I do accept a job because I think I'm going to really, um, you know, feel like it's uh, feel like it's my home, so to say. I remember when I was a freshman, I, I looked up to um, like three to five seniors. They were so good, so talented. They had like the world at their feet. They had so much content, great reels. And I was like, oh my gosh, these people are going to be so successful. But guess how many people out of those five are not even in the business anymore? And this was what, three, four years ago? Wow. Four people out of the five left the news industry as a whole. And so I was definitely like a little taken back by that because I was like, oh my gosh, like... It, it it sucks knowing that, you know, the career you're about to pursue, a lot of people are leaving. But, you know, I just have to keep in mind, like, I'm not them. I'm my own person. You know, I'm going to give it 100% effort towards, you know, my goals. So I've kind of come to the conclusion 
if I do give my all and I do, um, I don't really like it at the end of the day, like I, I won't pursue it anymore, but I just have to keep in mind that I got to block out the noise and I got to, you know, keep my head on straight and, um, really, you know, focus in the beginning, because if you don't know your limits and you, you are uncomfortable in certain situations in the beginning, it can alter, you know, your overall and it could force you to leave the business. So I think, you know, just from what I've heard from peers, from my professors, you know, you really got to know your limits and know, you know, where you stand in the beginning, because that can really determine how successful you're going to be. So I don't want to do anything to ruin the glow around you because you're you're pretty optimistic about it. You know what you're getting into, but I'm curious to what extent you're familiar with the level of tax, personal tax, online attacks that journalists have been subject to. I'm sure you know the political ones like your fake news, your enemy of the people, all that. I mean, reporters have been on air. They've been accosted by people while doing live shots. I mean, you deal with viewers sometimes. They're sending you, especially as a woman, you know, I can't imagine the stuff you have to do with like, you know, men sending you creepy DMs and stuff like that. I mean, maybe someone didn't like what you're wearing. Are you concerned about what you're seeing in terms of journalists being targeted and the abuse they send, they tend to be suffering? And has that ever entered to your awareness? Yeah, absolutely. That's a That's a great question. Um, especially like you said, like being a female reporter going into the business, I feel like I already have like a small target on my back, so to say, but I think anyone entering this cutthroat of a business, you have to have thick skin. You have to know when to, you know, listen to a situation or a comment or, you know, a hate comment in one year out the other, you, you have to know, you know, when that's necessary. And I think that's just super important. Um, realizing going into this because not everyone's going to like you, you know, not everyone's going to like what you wear. Not everyone's going to approve of your story you do. But at the end of the day, my goal is just to be unbiased as I, as unbiased as I can and, you know, just report the news. And if you don't like me, you don't like me, but I'm, I'm definitely going to put myself in situations where, you know, I I don't get hate. I'm never going to put myself in a situation where, you know, I'm, I'm looking for that attack or personal attack. So, but then again, that also goes back to the question of, you know, are you going to, you know, keep your personal life and professional life separate or together? And I've kind of come to the conclusion that I want to keep it together. So, so yeah, I definitely have to just be more aware of what I post, but, you know, still, still be me and still live my life for me, not everyone else. Like, yes, I'm going to be a reporter and an, an anchor, but um, you just got to have thick skin. And if they want to hate on you, that they hate on you. Now, I'm curious your thoughts about this, because this happened actually a year ago in your home market. Do you think the business and news directors take the safety of their journalists seriously or they're making an attempt to? Because I'm sure you're aware of the MMJ in, in Huntington, West Virginia area doing her, her live shot at night and got hit by a car live on the air. Do you think, I mean, that went viral. Do you think stations yep. are doing what they can to prioritize safety? I mean, we've heard of people having live shots hijacked, as I just mentioned, you're a woman, there's unsavory 
characters out there who, you know, they see you and they might want to do something else and you're just trying to do a job. Does that, does the thought of going out and doing your own live shots, maybe without a photographer, because as MMJ, you don't have one or a second person there to kind of help protect you. Is that, does that scare you at all? You might be going to bad neighborhoods. You might have to knock on a door of a possible criminal because, you know, your assignment editor or whatever says, you know, this is where the story is. You got to go there. I mean, what are your thoughts on all that? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. Going back to your first question, I do think news directors and stations, you know, prioritize their employer's um, safety. I don't think, um, like, obviously, they don't want anything bad to happen to the reporters or MJs out in the field. And the incident with that reporter in West Virginia last year, that was awful. I watched it so many times. But then again, you definitely have to be in a semi, you know, you know, safe spot that's not near the road, that's not near, you know, certain things. So you definitely have to be aware of your surroundings. So I think, you know, going into my job and if I am in am um in a scary situation, I think I just, you know, definitely need to just watch my surroundings. And worst case, if something does bad happen, it happens and I'll learn from it. But but yeah, that definitely does scare me. I'm definitely a like tinier woman that's, you know, could be out in the, in the, in a bad area. So, uh, you know, I just got to be careful and that's all I can really, really say about that. So I'm definitely interested in knowing what you think about the current form of the TV newscast itself. I mean, you, you probably go on YouTube, you watch one from the 1980s and you watch one from today and it's, Similar product. I mean, is this something that you're personally watching as a consumer, as a 21, 22 year old? And when you do watch it and you look at it, are there any changes that you would make? What seems antiquated to you? What doesn't seem to be cutting it anymore? Or where we are as news consumers now, we have news literally in our pocket. I mean, do you think stations are doing anything to to reach that younger audience? I mean, why are most people your age? Why aren't they even sitting down at six o'clock every night watching the news anymore? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yes, me as a consumer, I love the news. I I watch it, I would say a, a frequent amount. Um, like at home right now, like, like I usually have um WSAZ News Channel 3 on like all day. I get my news from obviously social media, TikTok. I think, like you said, you know, nowadays news has been um you know, transferred to TikTok, to Instagram, to Instagram reels. Like there's, for example, over the summer when I interned for NBC6 South Florida, one of the anchors, Roxy, she does a segment on Instagram and on they also post it on TikTok, like the daily rundowns of like the top five stories. And I think that really attracts the younger audience because it's quick. You know, it she does it in, you know, one to two minutes, summarizes it up and, you know, they get their their national news for the day or their local news for the day. So I definitely think that stations are adapting to the change, to social media changes. Um, but yeah, if I would change anything about, you know, broadcast broadcasting, I don't even know. I think they do a good job of um being the news like i don't think news will ever go away there's all these streaming platforms like hulu and like netflix all these other um great streaming sites but i don't think they can do news like how news can do if that makes sense like no one can no one can 
be them. Like their news, like they have that team behind them. They have all the producers, the editors, the reporters, like there's no one that can ever do what they do. So I don't really know what they would change. Like, I guess, you know, marketing more towards the younger audience. But I think what I've seen, a lot of stations, you know, have been going to TikTok, going to Instagram and making shorter videos that, you know, the younger audience gravitates towards. So so yeah, I definitely think that they're doing a, a good job right now. So as we've touched on, lots of ind- industry professionals are looking to leave or have already left the business in great numbers since the start of the pandemic. It's often called a great resignation. And I know you you mentioned, you know, four out of five seniors you looked up to at Ohio, they already quit the business. I mean, has that dampened your spirits at all or made you question your career path? Has there ever been a point where you've thought about changing your major or do you feel like you made the right choice? You're going into the right right business. Absolutely. I hear so many opinions all the time from different industry professionals, alumni, um, students I, I'm friends with. You know, I have, you know, thought about thought about it in the long run. Like, is this really what I'm going to be happy doing? But I've always circled back to the conclusion, I will never know if I don't try it and give my 100%. So, so no, I've never wanted to switch my major, but I've definitely had doubts, but I just keep picking myself back up to the point where, you know, I got to be strong. I have to give my all something, you know, I see myself doing. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. And I, and I am a very positive thinker, as you said earlier. Um, and I think that speaks such volumes in this industry. Like you have to be positive. You have to be like, yes, I'm going to wake up at 5am and it's going to be a great day. Like you kind of just have to have that attitude to be successful in this industry. Like every day is going to be hard, but if you're working towards a specific goal, like it may, it'll make it so much worth more worth it once you finally get there. So looking back on your 18-year-old self entering school versus yourself now, in your four years mm-hmm. since, what are the key takeaways you've learned about news going in that you never realized? Yeah, so I think just like news in general, um, I didn't realize how much work goes into you know being a reporter, being an anchor, being a producer. Um, I think just the key takeaway I've learned is is that um it's hard work like i i didn't i didn't expect to like learn as much as i did um regarding like certain certain positions such as producing or mmjing or reporting or anchoring um it's very um it's very detailed and i wish i knew more of the extent when i started college so what is your own advice for someone looking to follow in your footsteps? Maybe they want to go into TV. I mean, what advice would you give them? What advice do you hold close to your heart that even you yourself, you're going to be following when you go into that business? Absolutely. I think one of my biggest pieces of advice, be an information sponge. Soak up as much information from colleagues, from students, from supervisors, from mentor from alumni i think the more information you know the more you will be able to utilize that and and go farther 
in your career. I think I didn't utilize that enough my freshman year. Like, of course, like I, you know, I, I made connections and whatnot, but I definitely could have made more. And I think that would just be my biggest piece of advice for someone entering because it's such a grind. Like you, it's nothing is going to be handed to you and it's tough, but you kind of just got to, you know, get over that hump of thinking you're annoying or thinking, you know, oh, you don't want to bother anybody, but people are here to help you and people want you to succeed because this business is just such a cutthroat type of industry where, you know, people, I don't even, I don't even know how to explain this, but people are just so, you know, passionate about what they do. I think they're just always here to help younger people. Like, I don't think I've ever reached out to someone and they've told me they can't help me, especially like OU alumni. OU alumni has a huge force, um, force behind them with, um, helping, you know, current students, um, current graduates. So that's something, you know, I also loved, um, going into school because I knew like they just had so many connections that could help me. As you get ready to enter the business, what do you want people to most remember about your work and you as a person? What do you want your legacy to be as you go into the business and create that legacy? Yeah. So I really want people to see me as not only an unbiased reporter, but like a friend. Like I want people to feel like they know me. Um, I think that's the beauty of, you know, being an on-air personality is like you're, you're, you're your own authentic self. And I don't know, for me personally, I, I love to relate to different reporters and anchors and, you know, my biggest goal and my biggest goal would just for people to, you know, see me as a friend, see me as someone they can rely on giving them their news in a, in a great way. So I think, yeah, that's definitely one. And, you know, I want also people to know me for like my creativity, the way I tell stories, the way I um, communicate to the audience. Um, so, yeah, I just think I, I just want people to genuinely, you know, see me. So as you mentioned, Charleston, West Virginia is your hometown, probably not a city on a lot of people's radars. I mean, I'll be honest myself, I don't know much about it other than it being the capital of West Virginia. But if someone yeah. happens to find themselves there, what are some hidden gems and must-visit attractions there, either in the city of Charleston itself, or if maybe they just want to go to West Virginia, what are some places they have to go to? Yeah, okay. So if you're really into outdoors and you like the water, I would definitely go to the New River Gorge and go whitewater rafting. They also have um, zip lining and like jungle gym type of things where you can like race and you can like compete with people. So it's definitely like a fun outdoors spot. Um, obviously, West Virginia is known for their mountains, their gorgeous trees. So it's definitely a great time to visit, um, visit there in the spring or the fall. That's when it's like most pretty in my opinion. Um, some other places, I don't know, just like, it's just so beautiful here. Like Charleston in, in itself is the capital city where I live. It's has a great downtown area, a lot of like cool restaurants, breweries, very happening in this, in this part of West Virginia. Um, there's also the Greenbrier. It's uh, located like on a golf course and it's a super nice resort. Um, if you ever want to go there and relax and get a massage or something, so. 
so yeah, overall West Virginia is just a very chill state in my opinion. It's it's just beautiful. And I've and I've really, really loved um growing up here. Well, I always love to talk about food here. What are some of those restaurants or breweries people should visit if they're there? They should visit Fife Brewery downtown, which is super good. Um, some restaurants include like Secret Sandwich Society. That's super close to the New River Gorge. It's a great, a great sandwich shop. And all their sandwiches are named after old presidents, which is super cool. Um, and then a few restaurants downtown. Um this restaurant called Hale House, Ten Ten, Ellen's Ice Cream. There's a bunch of like local um, cool restaurants, Lola's Pizza, um, you name it, a bunch of stuff. So before we let you go, we always play, I told you about this, we always play a game yeah. with our guests called 20 Questions. To start, what is your favorite color? Yellow. Where were you born? Charleston, West Virginia. How many siblings do you have? Two. Sisters. Hobbies in your spare time? Tennis, shopping, watching TV, playing with my dogs, <laughs> hanging with friends. Do you have any pets? Oh, yes. I have, um, actually, I just, I have one dog right now. My my other one actually passed away a few months ago. Oh. I always say dogs because they were like a, a package deal, but um, they were two Shih Tzus. But I have, but I have one one black Shih Tzu left. She, her name is Magic. So, what is your favorite TV show? Right now, would have to be Suits. Favorite type of music? Pop, R and B. Favorite movie? Cheaper by the Dozen. That's the first thing that came, comes to mind. What is your favorite book? The Nickel Boys. Your favorite cartoon growing up? Fairly Odd Parents. What is your favorite season of the year? Fall. If you could travel anywhere, where would you go and why? So many places. Probably Italy. Um, I've been to I've been to Paris once a few years ago, and I and I really like Europe. So I and I like pasta. So Italy. So what is your favorite food? I'm gonna make this easier on myself. My favorite cuisine would be Asian food. Favorite adult beverage? Good glass of red wine. I'm a sucker for it. If you're an ice cream flavor, what would you be and why? <laughs> oh my gosh, I feel like I would be some type of like sherbet because I feel like I have a lot of um, different layers. <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like I've, I'm a mixture of a bunch of stuff. Who is your first celebrity crush? Oh, I would have to say Justin Bieber. I know that's like not, that's so cliche, but that's definitely like the first thing that comes to mind. Given the choice of anyone in the world, whom would you want as a dinner guest? Beyonce. I love Beyonce. <laughs> I feel like she'd be such a fun dinner guest. <laughs> what was your first ever job? I was a waitress at a country club during high school. All right. What is your biggest pet peeve? My biggest pet peeve is when people, when you're having a conversation with someone and you say something and they just completely disregard it and start talking about themselves. <laughs> And then finally, what's one thing most people would be surprised to learn about you? I'm just like so uncoordinated. I can't dance. I can't sing. Like I'm not anywhere musically talented. Like I have no skills in that in that sense. So if any of our listeners want to connect with you, maybe they want advice on a college journey or first job or if a news director wants to maybe hire you, where's the best place for someone to connect with you? 
Um, I'm definitely going to be super active on TikTok when I do get my first job. So definitely there. It's definitely going to be a good inside scoop of, you know, my day and, and what I do at the station, wherever station I end up. So definitely TikTok. Um, I'm, I'm a big Instagram girl. So Instagram and um, both of those usernames are just Madison T. Moore and then Twitter. I'm going to get more active on Twitter. What is that's your Twitter? A, um, Madison T. Moore with two E's. All right. So this is a great conversation. You're, you're an attuned student of the current state of TV news and you approve of it. So that's good. That's pretty refreshing. You know, a lot of people, Absolutely. again, as I've said at the beginning, you know, maybe they had some reservations about it, but we did talk to someone today who is definitely still interested in it despite everything that's been happening. So it was great talking with you. If any GM or news director is watching this, you need to snap Madison up fast before someone else does because it's a very, very optimistic wide-eyed view of TV news. Obviously, she would be an asset to your station, uh, someone who wants to be in TV for sure. Uh, well, I wish you nothing but good luck to you in your job search. And hopefully, whenever you have landed, maybe we can invite you back and you can update us. Oh, absolutely. I would love to come back on. Thank you so much for having me. And I really had a great time. Hello, all from the future. As you all know, the news world changes so fast. This is not an old interview by any means. We originally recorded this back in early January. And by the time you're going to see or hear this, it will be late April. And Madison was, and for now, still is a senior at Ohio University. She hasn't quite finished her final semester. And when we recorded this, she hadn't started it yet. Obviously, a lot has transpired since then, so I felt it was best to follow up with her to update us all on what has happened since January in her own words. Let her tell you what is next for her. So welcome back, Madison. How have you been? Thank you so much for having me again. I've been great. <laughs> How are you? And I'm great. Thank you. So let's get right to the point. So talk about what's next for you post-graduation. Absolutely. So I recently just accepted a on-air reporter position with WRIC TV 8 News in Richmond, Virginia. So just tell us more about the role. What will you be doing there? Who owns that station? What network are they affiliated with? Just kind of dive into all of that for us, for the people who maybe aren't familiar with that station. Absolutely. Yes. So it is a Nexstar owned company and I will be a day side Monday through Friday reporter. And regarding um, just like what I'll be covering, it's definitely going to be breaking news, harder news. Um, but I also will have the opportunity to pitch my own stories, which is super exciting. Um, so that's definitely what um, I'll be doing. So about how long ago did you sign the contract with the station? I signed a, over over a month ago. It was around the beginning of March. March 5th-ish. All right. Okay. So March 5th. You put your reel out in late February. About how long after posting that did news directors start reaching out to you? I want to say the day the day I posted it. It was a very fast turnaround, which I anticipated. Um, I also put my reel into the gray portal. Gray is also a parent company that owns a lot of stations nationwide. And I think immediately when I posted it to that specific website, news directors started coming into my my inbox, I want to say immediately. Yes. So pretty much right when I posted it. Okay. So how exactly did the Richmond opportunity specifically come about? Because that's the one you're taking. 
about how long after you posted your reel did they reach out to you? I want to say around two weeks after I posted my reel. And funny story, actually, um, when the news director reached out to me, he said he saw me through or found me through a connection. And turns out the station I interned with last summer, NBC6, um, one of their current anchors used to work for the WRIC WRIC TV in Richmond. And um, I got a message from one of my supervisors and he was like, I heard you're up for a job in Richmond. And I was like, oh, I'm not up for a job, but I did get an email from the news director. So long story short, um, I interviewed with the Richmond news director and he told me, um, told me that whole story. So I thought that was a super, a super cool coincidence. So are you saying in a way that your internship in Miami, which we've talked about in our previous interview, did that kind of help play a role in you landing with ABC8 in Richmond? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think he reached out to the anchor herself and then the anchor talked to my supervisor and um, put in a put in a great word. So that was definitely a really cool coincidence, as I said. So did you have any other serious offers from any other stations? Now, you don't have to name them, obviously, but do you have any other serious offers on the table before you chose to accept the Richmond opportunity? I did actually. I had a great offer from one of my hometown stations, and it was a great offer. Um, I think when it came down to it, it was the hours and um, the certain position. So I just kind of had to think to myself, okay, what what suits well with me? What fits best with me? Um, do I want to stay at home? There was a lot of factors that played into it, but I ultimately um, decided on Richmond because of just the overall overall feeling I got. Was Richmond the largest market that reached out to you or were there other larger markets that had some interest? Um, this was the largest market. It's market 56 nationwide. So that was definitely definitely a cool, a cool factor. Did that play a role in you accepting the job in Richmond at all? Um, not particularly. Um, I don't really. I told myself when I started this job, I'm not going to solely look at market size. It, you know, the higher market, you know, the the more. Um, you know, photographer opportunities you have, um, meaning, you know, like during, during your week, during your job, um, those higher up markets definitely have more photographers to help you out during the week. So that was definitely, you know, an, an upside for sure. So why did you ultimately decide on Richmond specifically? What appealed to you about the station and the yeah, So, so what I told myself is when I do get, when I did get offers and I, did interview with certain stations, I definitely looked at their specific newscast. Does this fit with my vibe? Does it fit with my storytelling? Um, do the do I look like I fit in, basically? And definitely, I got that feeling immediately uh, when I interviewed with the news director. He was awesome. Um, just, I don't know, just the overall feeling of the news director I really liked. Um, and then I ultimately ended up going to visit the station before I signed the contract. And when I visited, I got an even better feeling just from the producers to um, the assistant news director, to the anchors, to the reporters, the photographers. So um, I definitely was really happy that I visited because I think it, it gave me that extra push and that extra, okay, I really like this place. And I think I, and I think I want to, I, I want to accept here. What went into your decision? Were you looking at location, company, culture, pay? What all factored in for you in selecting jobs? Now, were you pretty picky when you were looking? 
I was pretty picky um, regarding that hometown offer. Obviously, it was a great offer and it was in my hometown and I I really, really loved them. Um, so location definitely had a play after I got the hometown offer because I was thinking to myself, okay, do I want to stay at home? Do I want to go to a different city and try something new? Um, I actually got another offer um, in the Midwest. And then the location also had a play in that because I was like, do I want to be, you know, 10 plus hours driving distance from my, from my, from my parents, from my, from my siblings. Um, and ultimately the location was the ultimate decision declining that offer. Um, and then the Richmond offer came on the table and it's only four and a half hours from my hometown where my parents live. So I was thinking to myself, you know, four hour drive, that's not that bad if I did want to go home for the weekend. So that was definitely another factor in me choosing Richmond because it was it was closer to home. Um, yeah, so location definitely had um, a play, salary had a play, um, and then basically, basically just the people had to play. I, I think I'm very um, intuitive to you know conversations and um, listening to what they have to say and what they have to offer. So so yeah, just the people, location, and and the salary were definitely the top three factors in making my final decision. Okay. Are you surprised you found something as quickly as you did? Or did you think it was going to take longer? Honestly, no. It was actually the same the same pace I anticipated it. I knew it would be a really fast turnaround because any offer you get, they really want you to accept decline or, or you know, let them know within a week or two. And when I did have those offers before Richmond, I definitely had to, you know, take it take time into consideration because they were obviously waiting on a response from me and then um and then when I got the Richmond offer obviously I you know I declined the other offers but yeah I was not surprised at all I knew I knew it would be a really really fast turnaround um so so yeah did you feel any nervousness as you were looking for a job at all <laughs> Absolutely. I, I think I, in the beginning, I was like, okay, where am I going to end up? I don't really care where I end up, so to say. I, I was pretty open to anything. Um, and so when I did get that hometown offer, I was like, gosh, that's such a great opportunity. So, um, so yeah, I think it just depends. Yeah. But I was, I was pretty nervous about obviously, you know, where, where am I going to end up for the next two or two or three years? So anyone's advice you sought before you chose to accept the offer from Richmond? Yes. So one of my, one of my um, friends, she's a reporter um, in Cleveland and I called her before I accepted the Richmond offer. And she basically was just like, all right, what's your gut feeling? You know, obviously which newscast do you like the most? Which one do you see yourself watching the most? Where do you see yourself fit in? And so I think when I was, answering those questions out loud to her she really opened my mind um opened my mind and really kind of helped me make that decision which was really great i needed someone to like just ask me those hard questions on the fly and just you know then i just kind of went with my gut and, and that was my my gut feeling now how have your family and friends felt about you taking this opportunity have they been supportive at all or have they tried to steer you in a different direction Oh no, they've been so supportive. Obviously, um, my parents like would have loved if I came home, but they totally understand and support the decision I made, and they're so happy for me. And um, my mom's best friend is actually 
um, they, she lived in Richmond for a really long time. So she was like, it's a great area. And that was before I visited. And then when I visited, I was like, oh my gosh, I can really see myself here. I love the people. Everyone's so nice. Um, the Just the areas were so great. So when I visited, I as I said, I definitely got that feeling. And um, my parents also got that feeling too, which was also amazing. Do you feel any excitement or nervousness basically starting your life on your own without your family and then being hours away from you? Absolutely. I'm definitely going to have to get used to being by myself for longer than three months because my internship last summer, I was by myself. So I kind of have a little feeling of, of what that feels like. But going forward, I have to think, all right, there's no more college. There's no more college best friends there to be with me. So I'm definitely nervous about that aspect, but I think I'm, I think I'm ready regarding college. I think I'm, I'm ready to leave, but sad to go, if that makes sense. So yeah, I'm definitely nervous, but I think my excitement outweighs that. All right. We talked about this at the beginning. Let's expand more on your role with eight news in Richmond. So you mentioned you're going to be working day side there. Will you be working a specific beat? Are you going to be doing general assignments? Are you going to be doing investigative? What are you going to be doing there specifically? Um, yeah. So as you said, I'm a day side Monday through Friday reporter. I don't have a specific beat, but they, you know, they kind of, the news director kind of told me, you know, just kind of be ready for, for anything. So definitely just breaking news and harder news, you know, day side's pretty, pretty rough. So I think I'm going to have to, you know, prepare myself for those harder stories and um, those longer days. But as I said, I also get to pitch my own story ideas. So who knows? Kind of just depends on the day, if that makes sense. Now, will you be working with a photographer? Or will you be MMJing your stuff there in Richmond? So it's kind of a mix of both. Um, I'm going to be, you know, editing my own packages, my story packages every day. Um, but sometimes I will get a photographer whether that's Monday through Friday or two days a week. So it kind of just depends on who needs what. And, you know, if it's breaking news and I have to go live, more than likely I will get a photographer. But worst case scenario, I don't. But um, I'll definitely put myself in a situation where I am safe. And if I do feel uncomfortable, I, I will I will speak up. So, um, so, but yeah, photographers are definitely highly likely I will get. All right. Perfect. So were you familiar with Richmond at all before you took this job? Had you ever even been there? I know you mentioned visiting the station, but before that, had you ever been to Richmond at all? No, that's why I wanted to visit so bad because I was like, okay, before I accept this two-year contract, I really want to go visit you know, the area and, and see the station. Um, but my, as I said, my mom's um, really good friend. She grew up there and um, had her kids there. So she definitely put in a great word before I visited. Have you started the process of finding any housing in Richmond and familiarizing yourself with the area? Yes. When I visited, I actually um, talked with, talk with my parents and we were like, okay, we need to go look for apartments just because obviously I'm, I was gra I'm graduating in May, so I don't really have too, too much time to take off to go visit. So we actually found a great apartment um, and I'm actually in the midst of signing the lease. So that's super exciting also. All right. So do you know when you'll be starting at ABC8? And when Richmond viewers should be able to see you on the news there. Yes. So I start June 5th and the news director told me that I'm at least going to get on the get on air at least one time that week, whether that's you know, something small or if I go full force 
package wise i don't know i guess i'll just i guess i'll just feel it out but yes expect me to be on air that week at some point all right when do you officially graduate how long is the turnaround going to be from when you graduate to when you officially start in richmond yeah so i graduate may 6th so three three-ish weeks so sad um and then i planning on moving in may 27th so about three weeks until I move there and then another week till I start June 5th. All right. Not too rushed. So you have some time to get settled in. It sounds like. Exactly. I'm definitely happy. I have those, those few weeks to chill, pack, move and everything like that. So. All right. This was something I was personally curious about. You mentioned in our original interview that you used ENPS on campus. Does your new station that you're going to, do they use that at all? Yes, they do. They use the same editing software, Adobe Premiere, and they use ENPS. So when I heard that, I was like, this is amazing. I'm so happy. So so obviously, so that's actually another reason why I'm so excited just to start to, because I'm not going to have to learn anything anything new right out of the gate. I'm already going to be familiar with you know the software and the editing software, which is absolutely amazing i couldn't ask for anything better all right what are you looking forward to most about this new opportunity i'm I'm just looking forward to my growth as a journalist i think i'm so excited and i'm so ready to get my feet wet and you know cover things i haven't covered before and i'm excited just to see how i grow i think that's the most exciting part for me all right. Now, what are you looking forward to most about the city of Richmond? Um, I think, as I said, I'm a big foodie and they have the best restaurants. They have so many, so many food places. And when I visited, I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm so I'm so excited to, you know, try everything and everything food related. So that that was super awesome. Um, and just like this, it, it's a huge city. So there's so much going on, so many events, so many so many people. Um, I think I'm just excited to be immersed in this new culture and this new city and um, find friends and and all of that stuff. So I think just overall, I'm excited about everything. <laughs> How's it been looking for some of your fellow journalism students in your graduating class? Have any of them secured jobs too, or have they run into some issues at all? Yeah, they have. They um a few accepted before me and i feel like i was pretty fast in signing a contract so last we spoke was early early january and then i signed my contract march 4th so it really wasn't too too much of a turnaround from when we last spoke until i signed the contract um and then one of my friends she signed I think a few weeks before I did. And then it kind of just kept trickling in, trickling in my, um, my new station here, WUB, they always post um, kind of senior spotlights of their graduates and, you know, um, where they, where they're going for their job. Um, but yeah, I think everyone really had a great experience. I don't really know of anyone that had a bad one. So I think that's, that was super, super exciting. I'm really just overall proud of everyone and, and where they're ending up to, um, it's it's just amazing to see everyone succeed and and really you know step forth and in, into their future. And I'm I couldn't be happy I couldn't be happier for them. Last we talked, you hadn't worked on your final reel just yet, but obviously you published it since then because that's how you got your job. 
you did a very good job because I saw it right when it came out. So talk about the process of putting that together. How long did that take and how did you go about it? Kind of talk about what it took to put that final reel together. Absolutely. Um, yes. So when I started my reel, I definitely wanted to stand out. And then I knew in the beginning of the reel kind of be, has to be fast paced. So I wanted to put stand-ups in there. I wanted to put um, moving stand-ups. That was a key thing. And what I've just learned from the past years, they want to see you move. They want to see you explain. They want to um, see your creativity. And that's definitely what I wanted to showcase. Um, and so the process of that, it took me a few days total to put it together. But I enjoyed every minute of it because it was kind of just showing me, you know, what I did the past few years. And I was super proud of it. Um, I edited it on Adobe Premiere and I think it was roughly like eight minutes and I think five to five to 10 is the, is the mark. Usually people want to see that at. Um, so mine was around eight, as I said, and I don't know, I think at the end I was just super proud of it and I was um, really happy, really happy the way it turned out. Any changes you made between your junior reel and your final reel? Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. So my, from my internship last summer, I got a lot of footage, um, regarding stand-ups and news packages so all of that new stuff i added to my reel now um, i took out all of my anchor videos um, because i was solely looking for a reporter position i hope to anchor at some point in my career but just from the advice that i've been given um, you can add it, but it's not necessary. So I decided to take it out and showcase more of, you know, my standups and my packages and, and things like that. So any advice you might have for someone watching this, who's looking to put together their own reel? Yeah, absolutely. I think when they are starting the process of creating the reel, I think the first 30 to 45 seconds is super crucial. Um, you definitely need to have eye-catching videos, moving videos regarding standups, and just put your best work forth. I think, you know, your reel is to showcase your best work. And if you do that, I think, I think you're set. So while we have you briefly talk about what your last semester at Ohio has been like as you get ready to close the book on your college journey, any stories you've done for college in your last semester that you're particularly proud of? So yes, my final semester, it's been amazing. I couldn't ask for better friends, better work friends, professors. Um, so yeah, overall, it's just been a really awesome semester. Um, I'm currently in my senior capstone and in that capstone, I have to do eight different news stories and then also turn all of those eight into news um, web stories and radio stories. So I'm currently, I think I'm on number six out of eight. So I have a few weeks left to get those final two in. Um, but yeah, I've covered some really awesome things. I just finished a elementary demolition school story um, and they're putting in a new soccer field. That was the whole angle. Um, I did a substitute bus driver shortage story. Um, I did a snap benefit update story. Um, yeah, I think every story I've produced and um done this semester I'm super proud of and I told myself I'm really going to put a lot of effort towards these because I kind of want to test my limit test my limits and see what I'm capable of before I start my job um because I don't really have I have a little bit of a turnaround from when I graduate to my job but I definitely wanted to 
put my best work forth um, before I leave because I want to obviously leave a legacy of my name um, here before I leave too. So I think I've just really put a lot of effort in these stories and, I, and I'm super proud of them. All right. So as you get ready to start your job and as you get ready to graduate, are you feeling any excitement, any nervousness? How are you feeling right now? Yeah, I'm definitely feeling more excited than nervous. As I said, I'm ready to go, but sad to leave. Um, yeah, I'm just excited for this next chapter and and really doing it. I think I'm I think I'm ready. I think I have the skill set and I'm really excited to just start start my new life. So finally, do you have any advice for students as they get ready to search for a job based on your own experience? Yes. So definitely put your reel out on YouTube. That helped me tremendously in the beginning. Um, and the next kind of definitely research which companies, you know, own what stations and see their benefits, see their pay, their hourly pay. I think that was definitely crucial in the beginning to do to do my research and to see what stations I would even be considering applying for. Um, I think knowing what station owns or sorry, what company owns what station is super crucial um, in, you know, in your decision ultimately, because it's, you know, your life, it's um, you obviously have to know your benefits and your pay, obviously. So that's super important. So definitely do your research, um, put your reel out on YouTube. Um, another really great parent company is Gray and they have a, a gray portal. You can put your reel and resume into and uh, news directors get notified when you do so and they can kind of watch your reel, go over your resume and then reach out to you if they want to. So that was a super, a super fast way to get news directors in your email box. If you know, to say that. Um, and then moving forward through the process, when you are deciding what station to go to, just go with your gut. Um, definitely watch the newscast. That's one of the biggest things I think sometimes people don't realize. You have to watch it and see, you know, how they tell their stories, how how they basically give you the news. And I think definitely just reiterating that was one of my key factors in choosing Richmond is just I loved their newscast. Let me follow up on that because now I'm curious. You were going online, I guess, and watching their newscast before you signed the contract? Yes. Did you also go on and watch any of their competitor newscasts as well? Um, I did, actually. I did. And I thought, that, you know, I have nothing bad to say about any of them, but I really just loved Richmond's newscast. I loved their um, evening newscast, their morning newscast. Um, I definitely looked at certain reporters and how they told their stories. And I, and I definitely felt like I meshed with that. And so that was a really great, um, great factor. All right. Well, thanks for updating us and congratulations to you for landing this opportunity. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me again. <laughs> yeah. We're so happy for you. We love to keep following along as your journey progresses. Maybe hopefully in a year or two, we can have you back and you can update us on how it's been in Richmond. Absolutely. I would love to. And I hope you enjoyed today's conversation with Madison. She was really interesting to listen to and get her thoughts about how today's journalism students perceive the industry. And we'll pick it up next week on episode 13 of Broadcast Bulletin as we welcome in Andre Lacey, a journalism senior at the University of Memphis and another student undeterred about entering the industry despite all the challenges it's currently facing. For me, this is, again, this is where I wanted to do since I was eight years old. I thought I wanted to be an attorney um, and uh, 
changed my mind and this has been something that I wanted to do. Hear his outlook on the industry and so much more. It's part two of our special series of journalism students take on local TV news next week on episode 13 of Broadcast Bulletin. The views and opinions expressed by the guests in this episode of Broadcast Bulletin are solely theirs. They do not reflect those of their past or present employers, nor those of Broadcast Bulletin or its hosts in any way. No, let's just do the whole interview over. Why don't we? All right. <laughs> oh, I need to need to set aside like two more hours. I know, right? <laughs>